Hey, it's Crystal McFadden, host of the Crystal Conversations podcast. Before the intro starts, I just wanted to say hello. I am so excited you are listening in on season two. We are really honing in on the focus of resiliency as it relates to mental health. These are professionals, people with their own personal journey. The whole goal is to just pour into you with the education, knowledge, and wisdom that they have to share for your benefit. So grab your notebook, grab a pen, and please don't forget to invite a friend to the conversation. I'm glad you're here, and I can't wait to see you again. Take care. Hi there. Welcome to the Crystal Conversations podcast. My name is Crystal McFadden, and I am welcoming you to this place where conversations of growth and resiliency, faith and falling meet your day-to-day challenges with authentic stories of the struggle, each equipping and encouraging you to own the value of your journey. Thank you for joining this Crystal Conversation. Hello, listeners. I'm so glad you're here. Season two has just been taking off in a direction that I could have only hoped, being able to pour into others as it relates to mental health, because we all deal with it and we deal with it at different seasons in our life, different events. Sometimes it's a single occurrence. Sometimes it's an ongoing journey. It's a visitation of constant proportion in our mind and in our heart. And so I've had this special opportunity to get to know our guest today over the course of almost two years now. And what happened was we entered the same contest and decided, oh my goodness, I'm going to take a chance and I'm going to submit to get published in this book. And we ended up getting chosen one of 30 out of hundreds. And it just has cultivated this beautiful group we have of fellow writers and speakers who want to pour into the lives of others. And we all have unique gifts, callings, lifestyles. This particular friend of mine um, has a unique story about her kiddos going off to the military. And I can't wait to bless some of you because either you've been through that journey, you're about to go through that journey, or you're in the midst of it and you just wanna know the feelings that you have are real and you're not the only one. And so it is my honor and privilege to introduce to you, Miss Lisa Whitaker, welcome. Oh, thank you for having me, Crystal. Um, I'm so excited to be here. I've been looking forward to sitting down and speaking with you about this, so. Anytime I get to spend with you is always a smile on my face. And so (laughs) doing it one-on-one is even better. Yes, yes, I agree. And now I look forward to our group times together that we get to um, sit down with our other sisters in our group and support each other and be resources for each other. It's kind of fun. It's funny because I, one of the girls, I'm in a group text with some other women who are in a similar life stage. And one of the women had just texted me today and the group thread has been blowing up um, nonstop all morning. And they were just like, I am so thankful to have this group text thread where we could just say hello or send something funny or beg for prayer and all of us can be on the same page and, and support one another. And I feel like everybody needs that common overlap group. And maybe you have, like for me, I have that group, but I have you guys 
as my writer and speaker confidants that bring me sanity in that part of my life. Yes. Yeah, no, I, that too, for me, um, uh, with that whispers of grace group, um, they, everybody in that group has been wonderful. And, uh, I've learned so much, you know, you get to get to see what everybody else is doing. Um, um, what their struggles are. And a lot of times I identify with the same struggles. Yes. <laughs> and so it's, you know, it's nice to know that you're not in it alone, um, that they understand. And, uh, and I too have another group that, um, I know they're like praying for me right now. <laughs> um, but, uh, it's just, it's so important to have that support group around you, uh, in whatever you're doing in life. So. Absolutely. And so with those different segments that we find those support groups, tell our listeners a little bit about you and maybe some of those parts that they might be able to relate to about you. Okay. Well, um, I am a wife of 35 years and, yes. uh, yay. <laughs> um, and a mother of four grown children. And, uh, so I'm navigating that that uh, empty nest syndrome. And that has been a real uh, challenge for me. <laughs> but, um, and I, two of my kids are Marines, um, active duty. So um, that is a, um, a path in life that I am currently on and uh, it has not been easy. Um, I have two fur babies that are part of our family that are my kids now. Yes. <laughs> and. Um, um, you know, it's been interesting as I've come to the empty nest syndrome is, is struggling with, you know, what do I do now? Um, what is my purpose now that my kids are gone and I'm not having to, you know, run to school and run to practices and, uh, you know, meet somewhere or games and, um, you know, God's kind of pulled me around to the writing and speaking avenue, and it all came about um, when that first um, child of mine went off to the military. And, uh, you know, he decided back um, before when he was trying to figure out what school to go to, um, he decided instead of going to normal college, he wanted to apply for the Naval Academy. Okay. So you kind of had a little bit of warning. I had a little bit of warning, but I didn't want that um, because I knew what would come after that, you know? Um, yeah, I could think of it in terms of, okay, he's just at school, but um, I know what comes after that school and there's mm -hmm. a contract that he would have to fulfill. And that to me was scary. And I didn't want that for him. I know most people would think, yeah, that's, that's a real honor and it is a real honor. And I've, I've been able to come on board with that, but it took me a while um, to get to that place where I could support him and uh, be okay with that decision. Um, you know, the, the emotions flew. Um, I prayed a lot and asked God to close that door. And when he got his acceptance letter, I was, I was like, wait, come on, Lord, we talked about this. You were supposed to close that door. <laughs> I prayed so many times for this, Lord. <laughs> oh, and it took me a while to accept the fact that this was the plan that he had 
for my son. And, um, and now I have two in. <laughs> and when the second one went in, uh, I was like, okay, here we go again. But um, that brought about the idea of uh, the book um, that I've written, Dropping Anchor. And it, it uh, began as a journal, actually, and uh, just wondering how I was going to get through the years of having a child in the military. Um, Had you been exposed to the military culture prior to this introduction? Not really. Um, I have, my father was in the Navy. My stepfather was in the Navy, but they never talked about it. Okay. Um, it was, you know, I had seen like a picture of my dad in his uniform um, growing up as a kid, but he never, they just never talked about it. So I didn't know what to expect. And um, our son was the first generation since my dad uh, to enter into the military. So this was all new to us and uh, it was scary. Um, you know, I laugh because as he started, and this was just at the Naval Academy to start with, um, I already had him, you know, the what if questions were circling in my head. I already had him on the front lines of some major battle raging halfway across the world, you know, and, and it, it was just a mind trapping place to be in. And it was like getting on that what if bus or train that was speeding out of control to destruction bill and I couldn't get off. And that's something I think many of our listeners can relate to is when we embark upon a new journey, whether we're moving to a new state or whether we're taking a new job or we're having another baby or the first baby, when this sort of unknown season has entered, our brain has a beautiful and terrifying capability to create this, this world that, as you said, he was still in college, but you saw him so far yeah. into his military career, into a situation that didn't even exist yet. And it was real to your heart and your mind. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, I kept, trying to figure out how you deal with that. How do you get off that, that train? <laughs> yeah. When it's not stopping, how do you like the string broke, the brakes aren't hitting, there's no warning sign. It's like, yeah. Help. yeah. And you know, um, your guest that you had on before, uh, Lee Wagner, he was talking about, um, you know, raising kids and, and, uh, trying to, to uh, raise good human beings. <laughs> and, you know, I came to the realization that, you know, we had taught our sons to, um, to always put people first, you know, mm. to put others first, to listen for God's call on their life. And now we were faced with having to let him live that out. And, um, so as you, as you begin to teach them and, and grow kids up and you, you have that idea of how you want them to be, there is going to come a point in time where you have to let them live what you've taught them. <laughs> it's like, oh, you were paying attention. I know, right? <laughs> but, um, 
and and that helped. I mean, it, that was part of coming to terms with, okay, this is where he was supposed to be. Um, he did listen to God's call on his life. This was his plan. And, you know, there was a part in there where I just really felt like God said, Lisa, do you not trust me with his life? And, you know, I was like, well, yeah, but can we not test that theory? <laughs> You know, um, trust you when I, I trust you when I can see him and get to him and right. advise him on his apartment choices. <laughs> yes. Which is kind of funny because our, our second Marine just, we just had to say goodbye to him uh, this last Sunday. Mm -hmm. And so um, he, uh, he's overseas and he did contact us, let us know he arrived safely. Um, he had to get a car. So he got a car. So we were calling all day, you know, about insurance and this stuff. And, um, and then he texted me or no, he called me and he was lost. <laughs> he was driving where he's at, but he, his, uh, phone died and he didn't have GPS. And he's like, I'm just driving around out here trying to find a familiar road. <laughs> like, yep. Great. <laughs> okay. <laughs> But um, as you prepare a package with five car chargers for his phone to mail out, <laughs> that's a very good idea. Yes, he's going to need that. So, but yeah, um, you know, one morning uh, as I was thinking about him being gone, and um, this was back when our first son went, um, you know, and I just, I just asked God, you know, how am I going to deal? with this for the next, you know, I don't know how many years it depended on how, what, um, military occupation he went, went into as, as to how many years he would serve. But, um, you know, it was, it was like, God was just waiting for me to ask that question. <laughs> and he brought me to, uh, Hebrews 6, 18 to 20. And where he talked about having that anchor you know, he's like, Lisa, you already have an anchor that's going to get you through, that's going to keep you from shipwreck. And I can't tell you how many times I've read that passage before, but that term anchor, because he was going into the, the Naval Academy, um, it just jumped. It was like the neon sign for yep. me. And um, so I just started meditating on that. And that became the, the core verse. Uh, for the the road that I was about to take to travel on. And Had you been journaling before that? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I'm a big journaler. Yeah. <laughs> Love to do that. So it was part of your rhythm that you were sort of outpouring these feelings and these thoughts and this processing. Yeah. And then him just saying, um, excuse me, we've got work to do in your life. Like, I'm caring for them. I love them. Trust me with, with your child. I'm about to do something in your life. Yes. Yeah. And, and, you know, part of that, the, the book, um, you know, I kept thinking I'm writing it for other people and I, and I was, you know, for them to, to hopefully resonate with it, but he showed me that I was writing it for me too. Cause he had to take me back to places in my life where he had grown me exponentially 
and all of that preparing me for this moment in time. And, you know, they were places that I didn't want to revisit. Um, and talking about mental health, there was a period of time uh, that I went through um, some pretty major depression. And uh, um, I know last, uh, the last um, guest that you had on, you talked about suicide. And I was at that point. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, he just had to bring back all of these things to say, hey, do you remember when I brought you through the season of life? And how much I grew you in your faith in this season of life. And that was everything that I had to read to come back to those what if questions that were at the beginning of my son leaving. And he turned them around to even if, yes. you know, even if any of this happens, even if he's, he's injured in some way, even if he comes back with PTSD, even if he's captured, yeah. <laughs> you know, by the enemy, um, you know, that I'm going to be there. Um, my kids have given their life to him. And, uh, so I know that he's going to, to be in the middle of it. He's promised never to leave them. And I had to trust that. And he was uh, showing you that those seasons that you were revisiting, he has used those like they, they were not just struggles that he carried you through. Those were struggles where he formed certain parts of your character and, and brought out new parts that you didn't even know could flourish and wisdom that you wouldn't have had any other way. Right. Yeah. Um, there was a time after um, I had gone through that season of depression and um you know, that there is that shame of being in a season of depression and you don't want people to know. I love a commercial, you know, on TV where they're holding up the little smiley sign in front of mm -hmm. them. It is that. You hide behind a facade of a happy person and inside you are, you just feel dead. Yeah. And there was a period of time when I came out of that, when I was coming to the end of that, um, I was getting ready to speak um, at a women's Bible study and I had prepared, I was ready. And the Lord said, I want you to tell the women about your depression. And mm -hmm. I was like, uh, yeah, no, <laughs> that's not going to happen. And he was like, no, really? Yeah, I want you to. And I feel like I call that, that, um, that period of dry docked, you know, when your, your ship's engines are turned off <laughs> and God is going to do a maintenance work, you know, like those big Navy ships that when something's broke, they have to bring it in and they have to shut the engines off and they have to do that maintenance work. And so this was what he was about to do with me. And, you know, it's that pruning time in your life as well. Um, that, uh, you know, I stood on that stage and as I was speaking to these women, there was a point in time where I just stopped and I knew that was the time that I had to share that story. And luckily it went along with what I was talking about that day, but, um, he already knew he already knew. And as I began to tell the, these women about my journey through depression, 
I just felt him clipping away all of those branches of pride, um, you know, not wanting or wanting people to think I had it all together. He took away that smiley stick. (laughs) He did. He did. And by the time we were done, I just saw all of those dead branches at the foot of the podium. Hmm. And I just felt like at that time, the engines to my vessel had started back up and he was like, okay, now we can set sail again and, and, and continue on the journey. And, um, it was just a really hard time, but all of that I had to relive, you know, in order to, to get to a place where I could accept my kids being in the military and, and in harm's way, um, possibly, uh, in the future. So, uh, but it was that, that, that confirmation that he had been with me through all of those and he was going to be with me. He was going to be with them. And I could trust in that. And I think up until that point, you know, when you think of a ship's anchor, um, you know, that you have your two hook points at the end or at the bottom that dig into that, that, that stronghold, which is usually the, the bottom of the ocean um, or water. But for us, it's that, it's that faith and it's that trust are our hook points. And you know, it's that, it's that belief when you have that belief and that something is real, I always use the idea of a chair, you know, you believe that a chair is a chair and that was designed to hold you to sit in it. But the trust in the chair comes when you actually take action and you sit. Um, and so that's where I was in my relationship with, with God. Mm. You know, I believed uh, that Jesus was who he said he was. And I, I believed that he was the son of God, but to actually sit in that with full trust, um, I had to relearn that. <laughs> so, well, it's, it's interesting that he chose to highlight the word anchor to you. Cause not only does it hold on and hold things steady, but as you're talking, the thing that I see in my mind is a picture of a cradle. It is sort of this little space that when we are in that dark place, when we are in that struggle zone, we just want to curl up in fetal position and be held or comforted or reassured. And, and that sort of, when I see that understanding that we actually not only have to believe, but we have to trust, it's kind of like that cradled image in my mind that says like, I don't have to figure out the next step. I just need to set my weight, set my trust into that space for him to do what he's going to do. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's very good. Um, and, and the, the trust is hard because, you know, (laughs) as humans, a lot of times we are, we're still dealing with the flesh part of ourselves that says, run, (laughs) be scared. And, uh, and that, and that's hard. You know, I, I think I was thinking about that, the story in the Bible of the disciples when they're in the boat and, you know, the storm comes up and they're like, we're going to (laughs) die. That fear of the waves that are rising in their life. Uh, And yet in the bow of the boat was Jesus. And he was 
right there. And, and you know, they had already seen him uh, do miracles and, and work things good in their life. And he was right there. And, and yet their eyes were on the chaos and the storm that was rising around them instead of on the one who was right there who could save them. The anchor, you know, yep. he was right the there. Anchor. Yeah. <laughs> So, and, and I have to laugh at that story too, because, you know, the story says that he was sleeping and I'm like, who sleeps in a storm <laughs> where you're getting pelted with rain? I don't know. Apparently Jesus can. <laughs> yep. When, but. when you have, when you live according to knowing the father yeah. and understanding the, the depth and breadth of the power that they wield it just, there's no reason to be disturbed by the wind and the pelting of the water and the rocking of the boat, because that's the only lens that you look at. And in our brokenness, the instant someone slams on the brakes in front of us or raises their voice or changes plans, our body tenses up. If we are not actively, and it, it is a constant process, if we are not actively reminding ourselves that we walk according to his ways, that he, his ways are not our ways, that this world does not look like it intended to when it was created. Like, we are not in a space where we're just safe and put together and orderly for the rest of eternity yet. He didn't call us home yet. So here we are. Freaking out on the boat. <laughs> yes, freaking out on the boat. Well, and that's the thing, you know, there's, there's so many different waters of life that we, every one of us are going to travel. And, um, you know, it, because I was talking about Navy stuff with my son at the Navy, I used those different water terms, you know, as if, you know, these are our vessels, mm -hmm. you know, I'm the USS Lisa Whitaker <laughs> sailing along. And, um, at some point, every single person is going to hit the high seas of life, uh, where storms are raging, um, you know, feeling like life is just throwing everything at you, including the kitchen sink. And you have, you need something and to hold on to during those times. And, and people will look for anything to anchor themselves to, um, to get through those periods of time. And, and I can tell you from experiences, a lot of those things, they just don't work. Um, no. they just don't work. And, uh, that anchor in Christ's love, um, is the only thing that is able to, to sustain and to hold you together and get you through that period of time. Um, it's funny that when I went through that season of depression, um, where everything else fell away, the one constant in my life during that part, that time was my conversations with God. Mm. And, um, I think if I did not have that, um, I probably wouldn't be here today. <laughs> um, so it, it, to me, just having that anchor is just so, 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 so important, no matter what 
you know, what water of life you're going through. Um, you know, if you're, if you're smooth sailing today, great. You know, that's a, that's a, a time in your life when you can just bask in his love and everything seems to be going right. Um, but you have to caution yourself during this time too, because that's a period when you can forget um, that you need God. And um, so, you know, there, enjoy that time, but just remember that uh, you need to keep your anchor in sight at all times. So it's like calling the friend only when you need them. Oh, yeah. hey, by the way, can you help me dig a ditch? Oh, hey, by the way, can you help me move some furniture? It's right. like, how good of friends are we? Yeah. Or do you just call me when you need me to help you lift a heavy load or find shelter in a storm? Right, right. Yeah. And it, and again, I go back to that's why it's important to have that community of people in your life that you can feel comfortable sharing with, um, talking with. And, um, you know, when I went through that period of depression, I didn't, I didn't want to talk to anybody. I didn't want anybody to know. And what I found out was that, you know, I, I don't understand why people don't talk about this. You know, I, after I went through that depression, I found out that my sister had gone through it. My mom had gone through it and nobody talked about it. Yeah. You kind of look around in this shocked, like offended space of like, why did you not give me warning? Why did I not have like any passed down knowledge of helpful things yeah. that could have helped me keep some glimpse of light or sanity or groundedness in a period where I felt like the whole world was just squeezing me yeah. and I was numb to everything. Yes. And, and it was, you know, that comparison thing. I was looking at other people like my sister and wondering, well, how can she have it all together? You know, the, the family, the kids, the business. And why can't I pull myself up by my bootstraps and get on with life? And it was so frustrating. And then when I found out that, hey, she went through it too, I'm like, why doesn't anybody <laughs> tell me these things? Um, but it's, that's that part of that secrecy, that shame that you don't want people to know that you cannot deal with life at that point in time, um, that you are struggling with, with getting on with life. And um, so it's, you know, now I've learned, I've, I've found certain people and it's a small handful of people yes. that, that understand what I've gone through because they've done it before. Um, that I feel comfortable saying, you know, Hey, this is coming up in my life. I'm getting a little bit overwhelmed. You know, can you pray with me? Can you, you know, can you meet me for coffee? And, and, um, and we just hold each other up. And it's so important that you have that. And, you know, the idea of the military, um, and you know this, Crystal, probably, um, you know, we have battle buddies. And so currently now that, you know, the um, things are heating up over in the Ukraine and uh, when all of that started, um, there was a call for parents of military kids to grab your battle buddies, get together with them, call them, you know, whatever, get just get ready. <laughs> and it's so important to have that too, because they, 
They are right there with you. They understand your feelings. They understand what you're going through. And um, it's just, you know, that support that you need during those really intense times in your life. And we were designed for connection. And the lie of this world is you have to have it all together. You need to be able to just pull yourself up by your bootstraps. There, there's a push for independence and self-sufficiency and being able to block someone at a, at a moment's notice. And it is such a clouded place of lies that we get lost in that no should you tell the whole world your dirty laundry and all your business and insecurities and every every password to all your bank accounts goodness no but (laughs) if there are one two even three people who you see in your in your sphere walking with uprightness of character humility like they don't they don't claim to have it all together and, and they can be level-headed, a lot of the times you can spot those people that can hold your stuff. And they may not be the people you necessarily spend every coffee date you have with. Like they may just be planted there as one of those fellow anchors, as a, as a pillar to, to draw near to as you begin to get your bearings and have truth and life and logic spoken into you when everything flying around in your mind and your body are, are not grounded in solid fact or objective projections. Yeah, no, that's true. And, and it's, um, it has been cool for me to see how after I have gone through a lot of these things and, and, um, especially with the military boys, um, you know, he has put people in my path now who are just starting on that journey as well. And, you know, I've been able to meet with them with coffee for coffee and they've asked me and, and confided in me, you know, um, how they're feeling. And I'm able to say, I know (laughs) I'm right there with you. I understand what you're going through. I understand what it feels like. And, um, that has been such a joy in my life. That really has started me on a path that, that uh, re- realization of what kind of purpose that he has for me. And, um, you know, the journey to get there was not easy. And oh, it's, goodness, no. you know, it's still not easy at times, but, um, you know, I feel like I'm doing something of importance with it. So um, that's good. <laughs> I usually explain to the folks that, I would never willingly wish the experiences that I've had, those dark periods, those challenging sort of valleys, I wouldn't wish those on anyone. But what I do see is that each one of them has equipped me to stand within those dark places with another person. They've they've created a stretch to my emotional bandwidth, my compassion bandwidth, and given me a comfort in the midst of the chaos where, as you said, you can just say, I get you. It may not be an identical situation, but the depth and breadth of that pain, oh, I, I feel you. And you can just give them a normalization to, to that chaos they feel inside right now because you've sat in it long enough. You're like, all right, well, let me sit with someone else. 
Yeah. Yeah. And you know, that's, that's the thing with, uh, you know, the way God creates and writes those stories in our life. Um, you know, I don't think he writes those in our life for us to just, you know, hold to ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, he wants us to go out and to share those. And I think that's the whole purpose. He authors those in our life is to be able to connect with someone else and help someone else that is going to have to go through something similar. And, um, and then they, in turn, eventually down the line, they will help somebody else. And I think that's his whole design. Um, the way he has set up his counseling center. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) You said something, it's sort of been a theme as we continue talking. And, and when you brought your hands close, Mm -hmm. it, it just sort of triggered this thought of realizing that so many of us, I mean, I was not saved until I was 24. I did not grow up in a home that had faith foundations or a Bible or any of that. And so all of this was new, this idea of God being a counselor, the author of our story, the savior of our, our life, like all this was new concepts, but the misconception is that when we trust in Christ, we are now bound by a set of rules and we are limited in our restriction. Like we have restrictions and limits to what we're allowed to do and realistically, or when something bad happens, it was to us. Mm-hmm. And the, the truth is that when we accept him, we are given freedom from the bondage of our brokenness and, and this world. When we draw near to him, we are given comfort. When he allows these challenging seasons, he is giving us a level of opportunity and growth not like he is the author of our freedom, not so much a God of restriction. And that it's so dynamically different from the preconceived notions I had apart from him, because I feel so much freer. And even when you shared about your depression to this group of women, the weight, you, you saw the pruning, you could see the dead branches that you had been carrying fallen on the ground because the reality was he wasn't adding the weight of fear and shame. Yes, it was a scary moment, but he was freeing you for new blooms and new growth and new opportunities that without that pruning could not have taken place. Right. Yeah. And you know, that, that's, um, you know, in, in the book of James and he, he talks about being joyful you know, during those, when you have trials and in hard times. And, you know, I thought for a long time, I'm like, how are you supposed to be joyful? You know, how do you look at a difficult time as a gift? And can you look at it as a gift? But that's exactly what it is when you are walking in a life with Christ and he, he lets those difficult times come to you. Um, there is always a, there is always purpose in it in, in the fact that it's developing your character. It's getting you prepared for something else down the road. And in that term, it is a gift and he is gifting you with the ability to learn, to grow, to mature in your faith. And, um, 
but that that took me a while. <laughs> it's really hard in the moment to yeah. look at it as a gift. Like yeah. I know, I mean, goodness, I I love me my Jesus. He yeah. just <laughs> he's he just has changed my life so much that I'm so grateful. But I know that in times of struggle, even this morning I was articulating in my prayer time and I was like, Lord, I have some bitterness and some frustration from my flesh that I, I want to break it apart and I want to be present and content and eyes on you. But I have to keep revisiting the fact that I need to keep my eyes on you over and over because I know you're teaching me and I know you're growing me and I know I'm learning a ton, but man, am I mad. And just in the moment, like, and I love Jesus. Like, this is not, this is not a walk for the faint of heart. Like, this is, this is warrior level. I want to serve you well in a way that it's really hard. And you're just crawling to the throne, begging for that mercy and that relief. And it may not come right away. Right. Yeah. Those are the times I know I can confess this, that I've said, yeah. I don't like that gift and you can keep it. Yes. <laughs> you just take it back. But uh, yeah, no. And, um, you know, there was a time in my life too. One of my Marines, when he was born, uh, by the way, my two Marines are both twins. And uh, it's funny that they both chose the Marines, but um, one of them, they both came preemies. They were born about seven weeks premature. And one of them at two months of age, um, stopped breathing, almost died. And, um, that really was like kind of in the beginning of things, these emotional, highly charged events that, that came very quickly, um, that triggered this depression in me. But, um, you know, there was a point in time when he, we didn't know if he was going to live or die. You know, he, we got him to the hospital. He would stop breathing. The nurses would bag him. He'd breathe again and then he'd stop again. And in my mind, I kept thinking, when, when's the last time, when mm. is the last time he's going to, they, they're not going to be able to get him to breathe again. And, um, I had to, I wrestled with God. Um, I mean, big time. Oh <laughs> and, goodness. Yes. You know, I, I was angry. I think I probably called him every name in the book. And I'm like, if this is the kind of God you're going to be, I don't want any part of it. And, um, how can you give me this child and let me get attached to him? And then you're just going to take him away, you know? And I was angry and I certainly didn't see that as a gift. And, um, I certainly didn't want that, uh, period of time, but um, you know, there came, there came a point where I became so tired of that wrestling match that I just fell to my knees and I said, okay, you know, I, I understand he's yours. You know, you just gave him to me for a period of time and he's yours. If you're going to take him home today, you have to help me get through this Yeah, because I can't do it on my own. And, uh, you know, you look at him now, this big strapping six foot three <laughs> Marine, <laughs> you would never know. 
anything ever went on with him before, but um, those are times that it, in that season that I went through him with him facing the possibility of death of a child, um, that was the point that grew my faith on the other end of it the most. Yeah. Um, and it, it, again, you know, I say it prepared me for, you know, facing my kids going into the military to be put in harm's way because there, you know, as a military person, there is potential for, um, for you to lose your life. And, and that is a scary, for a parent, that's a scary thing. <laughs> um, but and as I, a child, you don't sort of process that, especially, I mean, it was, it's a beautiful thing that they were listening for God's call on their life and that God had already knew preparing you decades before and walking you through these seasons. But as a child, you're sort of just stepping out. Like I was terrible. I, I, of course I wasn't a believer, but I was terrible. I had talked to the recruiter, got my stuff ready, picked my job before I ever was like, Hey guys, sign these papers. I'm leaving for the military when I graduate. And it was just like this blow of shock and peace out that was like, I'm not coming home <laughs> And as a mom. Oh my goodness. Like I can't even wrap my brain around the types of feelings that had to be processed in that. And, and like, I, praise God that like, I have a sense of compassion and empathy around what that might've felt like for them as, as we grew. And unfortunately that, that was who I was pre-Christ, but to, to process a parent's heartstrings in the moments around these, these drastic changes and threats I mean, there's, there's intentional steps. There's intentional work that needs to be done. And you mentioned prayer, you mentioned journaling, you mentioned connection with a select group of, of people, trusted, um, mature. Is there anything else that, whether it's families going off to the military or other kind of major events that you have found just valuable to keep, <laughs> keep hold of some semblance of sanity in the process. Yeah. Um, it, and, you know, I think Lee Wagner alluded to that when you were speaking with him, um, before, um, you know, staying active, mm. uh, I have my quiet time where I walk every day and, um, that gives me time to process things in my head, um, to pray as I walk. Um, I swim. And so looking at that little black line, <laughs> just zoning out, you know, um, things that make you uh, feel healthy and, um, and, and do that. But uh, also I'm an avid reader. And so getting into reading and, um, it, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be um, you know, reading with purpose. Um, I, I like a good fiction book, <laughs> you know, that will kind of let me escape for a while into a different world. And, um, and so that that's kind of a, a release for me as well. And um, so and we where I live, we live literally 15 minutes from the uh, Lake Michigan 
and we have all of the trails, the National Lakeshore uh, Park that has all of the trails out there. Oh, so I love to hit that, just be out in nature and in uh, just that solitude of, of the quietness out there is, is important for me too. Cutting out some of the noise. Yes. Like the yes. influences of this world and just being present, it sounds like is really... Yep. Really helpful, not just in times of crisis, but on a daily rhythm. Right. Yeah. No, it's important to do it as regular as possible. Have that regularity in your life um, because there's so much that's not regular that, you know, comes out of left field and can knock you off your feet. That if you have things that are regular in your life that you can count on that, um, I think that's important. Now, Listeners can find the Dropping Anchor book on your website, lisacwhitaker.com, correct? Yes. Yep. But you are also working on a few projects that can't get yet, but they can keep following and staying in touch, correct? Yes, they can. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm currently working on a fiction book um, that has a military thread in it, and uh, so um, I'm looking forward to getting to the end of that story. And, um, uh, and then I'm also working, I just started working on um, a devotional that will be for uh, parents of military kids when they head off. Uh, I certainly could have used that when I <laughs> started down the, this path, but, um, you know, I, I think of it, I see it now that you not only are your kids being called, um, to war, so to speak. Um, but when they leave for the military, you as well are entering a battlefield. Yes. As a and so um, the devotional will be designed uh, um, in that respect uh, uh, what you can do, uh, getting into some devotions every day that will help you along the, that journey. And something I've noticed just in, in your journey is not only did you have to reflect and go back in order to produce the first book, but by them leaving, it really opened up this, this call of because of this, this recent challenge, this recent season, it has allowed you to sort of pivot into who you are serving as and what your mission field will now be, or at least will touch because of this recent journey. So I just applaud you to, for doing the work it takes to reflect because that's not easy. Pulling down that little sign and saying, this is me for real. <laughs> and this is, this is the reality. Like y'all know this behind your closed doors, but you don't talk about it. So I'm going to talk about it. Yeah. 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 That's powerful. I, yeah. People just need to not be afraid to do that. Um, and, and, and again, I, it, it's certain circles, you know, like you said, you don't want to just go out and, and shout it out to just anybody. No. Um, <laughs> want to have people that you can hold in confidence and and um, so that's important but yeah the, um, you know I've always loved writing uh, I had a second grade teacher that um, once told me and I still have this very first book by the way during a writing assignment she said maybe you'll be an author one day you know Aww. and 
I just never in all those years imagined that this would be a purpose that God would have for me, but um, it's been kind of cool to see that come to fruition. And I'm like, Hey, that's something I like to do. <laughs> so we will use people to speak into our lives that just fit right in with the flow until you look back and you're like, Oh, you were there, Lord. Uh, yeah, you were there. That's, that's it. And sometimes in the, in the high seas of life and in the chaos, you can't see them, but um, you always know he's there. There's that, that presence, um, that feeling that he's there, but um, sometimes you just can't see it until later. I was going to ask you for some final words of wisdom, but I feel like you just mic dropped me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh. He is. He's there. He's with us. He guides us even when we don't know it. Yeah. yeah. Even when we're not looking for him, even if we don't believe that yeah. he's even a thing. Yeah. Let alone ruler yeah. of the universe. <laughs> Yeah, and that's what I call sitting in still waters. You know, when you don't have anything driving you forward, you can't go forward, you can't go backward. Um, you just feel like you're stuck. You're just sitting there waiting. And in those moments of waiting, um, you know, things can get pretty crazy. You can start to believe lies that Satan tells you. And um, that those are times when you can end up in depression because you don't know where your life is going and, and you're you know, looking for God, you know, where are you? Yes. <laughs> and, uh, but he's there. You've got it. You just have to wait for his timing and, and wait till, um, he begins to show you which, which direction to go. And that's not easy. Yeah. I greatly appreciate, I was going to say the thing I appreciate. No, I appreciate so many things about you. <laughs> But one of the many things that I appreciate about you is your ability to, to create these word pictures and have, have this concept around an image. And so I feel like listeners, if you have been listening and, and this idea of being dry docked or being in the high seas or sitting in still waters, those, those feelings need a picture attached like check out this book, Dropping Anchor, like connect with Lisa and, and follow some of the content that she's putting out either at lisacwhitaker.com. Whitaker is with just a K, W-H-I-T-A-K-E-R, or at LC Whitaker 318 on Facebook. So if you do the forward slash, you'll find her there for her ministry page. But if you really benefit from some of these imagery pictures, I would encourage you to continue to follow because it's nice to, to get a book that might help fix a problem or, or solve a solution or walk you through something. But when it speaks your language, you want to tap in. And so please don't miss out on this gift that Lisa has um, and that God is using in so many ways. So Lisa, thank you for using your gift. It's my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me on here. It was really fun. <laughs> well, I have loved it. I love this one-on-one -on -one time. I cannot wait to see you again. But for our listeners, any final words? Um, just, uh, hold on to that anchor, um, hold fast to it and, uh, you're going to get through it. I know you will.
thank you again so much. And listeners, I'm so glad you've joined us. I'm so glad that you've sat through this crystal conversation. I pray that you've been taking notes and if not get the book, you know, it's going to be something that blesses your life and your journey, whether it's military related or not. There are so many applicable coping concepts and things that have been put into place that I am sure will help guide you along the way when the waters get rough. Take care, everyone. Thank you for joining this Crystal Conversation, the place where stories of growth and resiliency are authentically shared in order to encourage and equip you to own the value of your journey. If you've been inspired or learned something new, please feel free to share the love and tell someone about these Crystal Conversations. If you know you're helping, health or human facing organization or group would benefit from growth-minded resiliency content, stop by crystalmcfadden.com for more information. And once again, this is Crystal McFadden reminding you that your steps matter and thanking you so much for joining me during this Crystal Conversation.